I'm back, Stewie. You're listening to Six Pack. I'm very excited about coming to Australia, and I think we'll all get on very well. I've got time for one more round and a six pack to go. Six pack. One six pack to go. Welcome back to season six of Six Pack, a podcast in which a couple of old drinking buddies share some favourite tunes and a six pack of beer. We'll choose a year, spin six tunes, and down six beers. I'm Gareth, and he's back from jury duty. It's Ryan. What is that? I don't get it. Back from jury duty. Jury. <sighs> D-U-R-Y. Okay. Jury. We've both yeah. been on recent on jury duty recently. Yeah, we, we have been on jury duty. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're back for season six. This episode, we're going to be playing music from the year 1971. 71, we've done it before and we're going to do it again. Well, as we said the first time around, it is one of the classic oh, years. It's the best, you isn't know, it? You the, can't go wrong. It was so easy to do this one again, didn't yeah. you think? Yeah, absolutely. And we knew it would come up again because if we allow someone to choose their favourite song from their favourite year, it's going to come up. So no problem doing it again for me. And should we talk about who our special guest is, Gareth? Oh, special guest drinking buddy. It's Baxter Bloody Jury. Baxter Jury, and he's playing the Forum um, very, very soon. Yeah, he's over here uh, for in the Melbourne, first time. That is for yeah. the first time in Australia, and he's he's playing in Tassie in um, Mona as well. Yeah, he's playing um, Dark Mofo, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to Mona? I haven't. No, no, me neither. It's yeah. supposed to be very good. It's funded by the um, philanthropist who uh, made all this money by gambling. Yeah, I know. Gambling does pay. So Museum of Old <laughs> old and New Art, is that, that's what it yeah, is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There's a poo machine there, apparently. You can see poo Yeah, isn't, poo there, isn't there a wall, a giant wall of vaginas as well? All right. Yeah, all right, you're definitely going <laughs> <That's> now. <true. laughs> uh, I'm just booking my tickets. <laughs> Flightcenter.com. Cool, we're back. So season six, this is our sixth six-pack. Yeah. Hey, just before we start, Gareth, we're, we're here for season six and we haven't recorded one for a while and I've lobbed over to your house and as you were setting up the mics I noticed we're here in June and you've got Christmas tinsel on your um on your um window there uh, and I said I, to you I said what's that to you said oh, I forgot to take it down I, I keep looking at it thinking I should take it down <laughs> in six months so, and isn't it unlucky if you don't put take your Christmas decorations down I don't down? know I think you should leave it till um it's only six months till Christmas, so maybe leave it there. It's like I haven't changed the, cl- the clock in my car yet for daylight savings. That's <laughs> a, bit of a theme, bit of a theme here. Yeah, I'm taking it easy. It's yeah. all right. We're drinking a beer. Yeah, what is this one? The beer is called Full Moon Party Mango Pale Ale, and mm. it's by a brewer called Wolf of the Willows. Right? I've never heard of that. And they're from they're Melbourne. I think they're from Mordialic, if you know where oh, that yeah. is. Okay. That's like yep. southeastern suburb somewhere. Yep. Listen yep. to this one. Loaded with mangoes and Kofar Nan good times. A subtle tartness, loads of real mango and galaxy hops. And a sprinkle of salt make this super sessionable pale ale a real thirst quencher. A touch lower in alcohol to keep you partying all night long. Right. That's a good I, one. I, we're we're, we're going to head out after this and have a beer, so we can party all night long. <laughs> okay. Oh, taste of that. It's like, it tastes like, um, let's, have you ever had a mango lassie? Let's, yeah, let's have a, let's, it did say mango. I was a bit hesitant about that. Mm. Let's have a. That's nice. Tasty. It's, it's only 3.8%. Yeah, right. You reckon you can start drinking these at lunchtime and, uh, <laughs> you know, wolf, during work meetings and stuff? Of the willows. Okay, yeah, cool. 
Nice one. Uh, once again, we're sponsored by Bintani. Bintani supply hops, malt, and yeast to the beer industry. Make Bintani your partner in taste and quality. So we're on season six. We had some great ones last. We had Murray from the Wiggles. Who did 71, which we're doing again. 71. We had um, Anton from the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Shell Talmy. Yeah, producer of, of The Who and The Kinks. Emmy the yeah, Great. Who's, Jake who's from Space Face. And Steve Davis. And Steve Davis, of Steve course. Davis. The um, BBC Sports Person of the Year 1988. That was a fine six pack. We're it gonna, was. We're going to do it again. So we're starting yeah. with a great one. And we're in 1971. Mm. You got any good facts before we kick off about well, 71? Well, we've done 71 yeah. before. So there, yeah. there are some uh, interesting things to talk about that we didn't talk about last time. Yep. So, yeah, if you recall, I would have been a, a very small baby in 1971. Yeah. wasn't really listening to any music other than my... Mother singing Welsh hymns to me, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm going to kick us off, and I'm yeah. going to blow your mind oh, on my first choice. I can't choice. wait, man. My first 71. choice, you will go, I can't believe you're playing this one. Okay. Because it's not like you. Yeah, number one. Song one. Spend my days with a woman and kind. Smoke my stuff and drink all my wine Made up my mind, make a new star Going to California with an aching in my heart Someone told me there's a girl out there With love in her eyes and flowers in her hair Chances on a big jet plane Never let them tell you that we're all, all the same Oh, the sea was red and the sky was grey Wondered how tomorrow could ever follow today Mountains in the canyon start to tremble and shake The children of the sun begin Myself, it's not as hard, hard, hard as it seems. Mm-hmm. 
so Gareth, you have blown my mind because I think we all know that was a bit of Zepp, aka Led Zeppelin. And harking back to one of our very early episodes, I um, brought in a bit of Led Zeppelin, and you talked about how much you didn't get it. So tell us what's the well, story. To be honest, I'd actually never listened to Led Zeppelin four as a yeah. whole, as a record, and you know everyone goes on about that being the big record that you should yeah. know. And I'm like, I've slagged them off. I I know most of it through so osmosis. That, 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 that song is from Led Zeppelin. It's on 4. Led Zeppelin. What's 4? the song called? It's uh, going to California. Okay. And I thought just for just listening to some '71 records, I thought, oh, maybe I should actually go and listen to the yeah. Led Zeppelin four. And it's obviously got Stairway to Heaven and that, that, Rock and Roll that, and all, all those kind of. That they they are good. Like just as we were listening to it, it's one of those things. It's so overexposed. Like you know, it's like Nirvana or something. It goes if you hadn't heard it a million times. Oh, well, go, I hadn't heard that. Many oh, you times. hadn't. I didn't yeah, know. Right. It. I didn't know that. Song. Really? Yeah, I know because yeah, wow. I've not sat. I've not been sitting around smoking spliffs, listening to Led Zeppelin <laughs> like most Australians <laughs> did. I just didn't do it. I, did, I missed that. <laughs> I missed that bit from my yeah, upbringing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, for, yeah. When I was listening to that one, that and that wasn't that's not as well known as some of the other ones. I was yeah. listening to it. And I, you know, it's folky. It's kind I, of. I got I got my lighter out and was waving <laughs> it in the air when you were playing it. You know, it's mandolins and acoustics, and it's not so. You know, there's not the big John Bonham and and the big. See, I, see I, funnily it. enough, I actually prefer the Bonham and uh, Jimmy Page stuff. Right. But you know the funny thing with Robert Plant, I've been watching. You know how I you know go down these YouTube warrens. I've been doing that with the small faces. Oh, yeah. And you know who their number one fan was? Robert Plant. Right. Right, because he was a mod. Right. And he used to follow them up and down the country, but before Led Zeppelin. The small faces, not the faces. Yeah. The small faces. Mm, okay. Did I said the small faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Gareth, that's a very good segue into one of my songs. I thought it might be. Should we, should we, should we go there, <laughs> well, it seems? That's one of those big records from the time. Well, we mentioned it before, those big sort of cock rock kind of things. And yep. Floyd yep. and stuff like that was big around then. And um, the Montreux Casino burnt down whilst... Canada? No, in no. Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. In, whilst um, Frank Zappa was playing on All stage. Right. I think they set off a firework or something and burnt the place yeah, down. right, right. You heard of that? No, no. no. And the song... Down, 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 Smoke on the down, Water down was written after that. They, they were, were, they were it was Deep Purple and they were yeah. meant to record, they had a recording studio in Switzerland, is that right? Um, and possibly the mantra, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. so that's, that was the same time as well. So Cock Rock. Cock Rock. Well, um, speaking of Cock Rock and the tenuous link of Robert Plant being a huge Small Faces uh, fan, that leads me into my first track. And it, Gareth, I'll tell you, it's not the small faces. Mm. Um, there's your big clue. <laughs> I think you will we'll build it up with the small faces disbanded. They got a new singer. They changed their name. Have a listen to this one. And this is bloody rocking. And I reckon this is what um, all those Aussie bands like Jet and all those guys were trying to do. Have a listen to this one. Two. 
Um, Bonnie Tyler, is it? <laughs> is that Bonnie? Hey, was Bonnie Tyler Scottish? Welsh. Oh, Come well, on. sorry. <laughs> that was Bonnie She's Tyler from- fronting the faces. <laughs> that was, of course, Rod the Mod. He wasn't the mod at that point. He joined the faces. Yeah. You know, basically the small faces split. Steve Marriott, the singer, went on to do Humble Pie. You know those guys? Yeah, right. The three guys from um, the Faces, uh, sorry, from the Small Faces, got uh, Ronnie Wood from the Jeff Beck group, mm. and Rod Stewart as the singer. When did Ronnie Wood go to the Stones? Is it that was like about seventy three? I think was it wasn't just it? after this year. Okay. Yeah, so mm. maybe like a couple of years after. Mm. It's a rocking song, isn't it? Mm. And if you look at like 
Tell us your thoughts on Rod Stewart. Like, he's a pretty good frontman and, like, the hair. He and is. But, you he, know, he's swinging the um, the mic stand around. He's got the um, he's got the chutzpah. He does. I, I mean, I remember the, the, the Kenny Everett sketch. Of- <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. It was about his nose, Rod wasn't it? Rod Stewart with a big, big ass. Yeah, oh, it was big, his big, ass. big, expanding like a leopard skin um, suit that he was wearing. Um, and then, you know, throughout the... 80s, it was like Baby Jane and stuff like that. Yeah, so and, then he, and then he then he did like a you know recently he's done like a standards album. Yeah, and all well, that. I think he's uh, yeah he just does rubbish jazz standards now. But you know he's kind of well Maggie May came out this year as well, didn't it? That came out seventy one. Yeah, what? So, yeah, but that was him solo. Yeah, nah, Google that one. That must have been a bit little bit later, mustn't it? Siri, what year did Maggie May come out? Maggie May was released in 1971. Yeah, okay, my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, so it's the, obviously that was it. I think you yeah. went solo after that, yeah. And then he was like, you know, God, I can um, be a solo artist and start dating supermodels. See you later. Weird. Weird. Things worked out for Ronnie Wood as well, yeah, didn't exactly. they? So what else was happening in 71? Uh, new words in the dictionary. Yeah. Primal scream therapy. Okay, you've, had, you know pl- what that you've is? had plenty of that. You know what that's all about? Uh... Mm, not kind really. Of, it kind of came to like with John and Yoko doing it. Yeah. It's a thing where you go into therapy. Oh, and you scream like... You think about childhood traumas and you scream. Yeah, right. What would you be screaming? <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no childhood tra- traumas. Um, obviously, the where Primal Scream got their name got from. Got their name from. from Primal okay. Scream Therapy. So yeah. I think... Lennon was doing it the year before, but obviously into the dictionary at that time. Yeah, he would have been scream, screaming, Mum, I yeah. I had you, you never had me. Yeah, so me? all that came from out there. So I think, yeah. I think some songs came out of that stuff as well. So um, in the UK, Margaret Thatcher was the education secretary. Okay. And she gained a nickname. Do you know what that nickname was? Not the Iron Lady. No, nah, not then. She was the um, Milk Snatcher. <laughs> Oh, Thatcher, she, Thatcher, Milk Snatcher. Did she take it away from schools? Yeah, they were up, well, up be to that bloody point. Right, wouldn't it? There yeah. was free school, uh, free milk yeah. at schools. When I was a kid, infant school, there was free milk, and they took yeah. it away after a certain amount of time. God, that sounds um, so Dickensian and World War Two. They took your milk away. <laughs> what year are we talking here? Well, this was seventy one, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. For me, I mean, I would have it up to infant school, and then they take it away for junior school, which historically you'd have milk at yeah, school, right? Probably, right. you know, because needed to feed the children. Mm. So the UK was kind of, I think that was a big year to sort of as a sign off for the end of it being an the empire in a way. Okay. Lots Is of that countries. when they jo- joined the um, European Union? They did join the European, yeah. um, would join the common market then. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because the, the Tories wanted to do that and the and Labour didn't. Yeah, okay. And then when when they wanted to pull out, the other <laughs> it way was around. the other way around. Yeah. So lots of countries became independent at that point. So African nations became oh, independent. Yeah, okay. Middle East countries became independent yeah. of the UK. The, and the, stuff like the that. red map was um, shrinking. Exactly. And I was reading something today about the fact that 1971 may have been when things started to go wrong for everyone. Yeah. Because well, you, you were born, weren't you? So, <laughs> so there you go. Um, no, if, if you look at graphs of the, you know, how um, the haves and have-nots have kind of oh, become yeah. spread out. Yeah, yeah, If you yeah. take that line back to where they were actually, it was more much more equal, it kind of become it's 1971 where it hits there were a lot of like parodies in the 80s about hippies from 71 who'd now become yuppies and stuff like that and were you know all their ideals gone out the window the, and they were 
you know, obsessed with money and stuff well, now. Well, the stock exchange yeah. and the money markets changed then as well because we're talking economics on the show, but the... Yeah. the um, Which we're definitely not qualified <laughs> to do. But the gold standard, when it where yeah. the dollar was fixed to gold at a certain yeah. rate, they got rid of that in okay. because... Uh, Richard Nixon was printing too much money oh, and inflation yeah. was going nuts. So they changed, they moved away from that. Yeah. And that's when the money markets became more volatile. And things, okay. you, know, you can have, you know, booms and busts much more than uh, there bear, used to be. Bears and bulls. Yeah. The bear market, the bull market. You, what do you like? The, you like bears, don't you? <laughs> I'm more a bull man, Gareth. <laughs> All right. That's enough of this bullshit. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People aren't listening <laughs> and, to get and their and another, financial <laughs> tips from us. Play, play us the song and then we'll cut to our, bullshit our chat with... Uh, Baxter Jury. All right. Okay. Let's go with this one. You are twisting my melon, man.
Tristan O'Malley, man. I was actually considering playing that, and I only recently found out about that song. Me too. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, it's it John Congos. Yeah, Congos, um, who's a South African singer. Yeah, he was Greek South African, wasn't he? Uh, is he's going to step on you again? Which obviously I thought the Happy Monday song was an original song. Um, guess G- Gareth. Up until a week ago, so did I. I was playing songs at my house with my dad, right? And I started playing him the Happy Mondays, twisting my melon man. Yeah, yeah. Play, g- g- give us thirty yeah, yeah. seconds of it. Yeah, yeah. And he goes to me, that's not an original. And I went, no, that's an original. Mm-mm. And he goes, no, it's not. That's that's by a guy called John Congas. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's by this dude called John Congas. And that was it right there. Yeah. And it was covered again by, uh, I'm going to play you this bit for a second, yeah. Australian band. Shantuzis? It's the Shantuzis. Oh, it's the Shantuzis. Did I just get that? Yeah, yeah. But wow. before Happy Mondays did it. So they covered oh, it. No they way. covered it before Happy no Mondays. Way. The Shantuzis were the Australian version of Banana Rama. Oh, nice. They there were like go. just three, you know, good looking Sheilas who, yeah. uh, they did that. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I think Gareth the saying is we drink and we learn. We do, we do. Yeah. So John Congress is South African. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so since we lasted the 71 episode, you yeah. played me Rodriguez. Oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So South African. Who was kind of- so, so, Sorry, he wasn't. He was American. He was big in was South big Africa. big in South Africa. Yeah. And I watched that since. And that was- yeah. Oh, that was mind-blowing, wasn't Very it? good. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. And just interesting that that whole sort of South African scene was cut off from everybody else as well. And they kind of- Yeah. They chose their own heroes. I think John Kong has actually left South Africa, but- Yeah, right. Still, would have been a, a shitty time to be living there over there. Oh, Yeah. And apparently that had the first use of a sample, which is not true. If you okay. read, if you if you look it up on, you know, as I've done my research on Wikipedia, it says that uh, the Guinness Book of Records says that that song was the first use of a sample. Yeah, but it's a tape loop, so you can hear okay. that. You can hear that sort of African drumming at the middle of in the beginning, oh, in the okay. beginning of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a tape loop, so you just splice a bit of tape and tape yeah. it together and make it go around in a loop, and that's kind of like a sample, but. Yeah. Sample would be um, digital, wouldn't yeah. it? So yeah, so we were nowhere near having samplers back, yeah. back then. There you go. So now we should we jump should, over to yeah. have a chat with, uh, with Baxter Jury. He was at his place in London. When we had a chat with him, I just finished reading his book, the, yeah. uh, the Chaise Long book about his, um, yeah, his give upbringing. Us, give us a little bit of a background about that because he did ask him some questions about that. Yeah, well, we'll he'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah. it's, um, it's, it's really about his upbringing in, a, obviously, his father... Is, well, we should spell that out for anyone. His dad was Ian Jury, who hit yeah. me with your rhythm stick and, and we sex, drugs, and rock and roll and all that business. Yeah, and obviously he's, he's a he's a star on his own yeah, terms these yeah. days. It's not yeah. living off that. But um, 
He'd obviously written a book about that, uh, his upbringing, uh, living half the time with his dad and half the time with his mum. And yeah. it's a fascinating book, honestly. It's a, he had a wild time. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Let's go have a chat with him. Hello. G'day, Hello. Baxter. Yeah. How are you going? I'm good, actually. I got just to warn you, I've got a lot of building work, which might be unavoidable outside my block of flats because they've built a lot of scaffolding. That's cool. I've got a noisy little cicada outside my window as well. <laughs> I filter that out in post production. We're, we're coming from Melbourne, Australia. Oh, great! I, I can't wait to come there soon. I have just had the pleasure of having a listen to your audible version of your book that you just put out, Shazel, oh, yeah. which is very enjoyable. Wow, I'm I'm just I'm kind of blown away by it actually because it's kind of it's hilarious with sort of smatterings of tragedy thrown in there throughout it. So what what made you want to sort of write about your your upbringing like that? Well, um, I always I mean I'd always you know I, it was a favourable topic of mine in dinner parties just to to draw attention to myself probably if you're from a kind of fantastical if you have a fantastical background and potentially a, a famous father, you get a sort of warped sense of attention and you you exploit it from a young age. And I just wanted to sort of tame that those stories that I probably started to, or definitely started to embellish <laughs> um, and sort of frame it and put it into a perspective to see what I really thought about it. And I'd signed a book deal way, a long time ago and I probably... I had no intention of ever really writing it. I just thought it sounded good that I was going to write a book and I got a few <laughs> quid. And, and then obviously the pandemic happened and I was it was a sort of forced measure of I was bored and I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. My son was doing his, his A-levels, his qualifications, and um, I just somehow did it. I don't really know how I did it, but I did. Yeah. Ryan hasn't had a chance to to listen or, or read it yet, but um, can you tell us the story or some of the stories in there? Maybe the Joe Strummer story. I quite like that one. Yeah, Joe Strummer, I only met briefly once. Um, well, I think it a, there's a thing called the Notting Hill Carnival, which happens every year. Yeah. Um, massive. And as kids, we'd wander in and out of it. And, um, and me and my mate ended up, uh, in his house, he used to live on a road called Lancaster Road, famously, and he had quite an open door policy. Mm-hmm. Joe Strummer, and my friend's dad played for him, and there were obviously there, all the musical camps were quite connected to dad and stuff. Like Mickey Gallagher, Mickey Gallagher used yeah. to play for yeah. in the Clash and the sort of larger version of the mm-hmm. band, and um, and we just ended up going to a party. Mm-hmm. And we attempted to try and smoke pot off his roof. We found we were very young, and we were a bit 
aware that we may have been too young to, we didn't really know what we were doing. And we climbed onto the top of his roof and contrived a sort of, uh, you know, we sort of pretended to smoke. We didn't really smoke either. <laughs> and then um, randomly urinated off the top of the roof just because we were young. As young kids do. Yeah, and, um, and as we ran down the stairs, Mickey and Joe Strummer ran upstairs covered in piss. And <laughs> we couldn't see them from the, the, the perspectives of the balcony. You couldn't see that we were directly pissing on two people. Anyway, so they were running up to investigate and we saw them coming and we ran the other way. You know, it was a bit like that. So the only time I ever met Joe Strummer was I pissed on his head. How old were you? I reckon between 13 or 14. Yeah, it's a good thing you weren't like 29 or something like that. <laughs> a bit odder then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fetishistic thing. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's full of good stories. So I recommend anyone to have a listen to it or or, uh, or read the actual book. Um, I like the cover as well because you've got a picture of you wearing a Shaking Stevens T-shirt. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I found someone found that and I thought it was quite anti-cool. And <laughs> exactly. He gets a run out on the show, actually, because obviously he was big in our childhood. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I always worry. I don't know what what happened to him. Was he, you know, you never know with someone like that whether they t- went the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably yeah. in Wales somewhere living the good life, let's hope. Probably, you know, he's probably a bit odd, isn't he? <laughs> he's cross martial arts and stuff, I don't know. Seventy-one, a little bit. Tell us about the song you picked. It's the only single of an album called "There's a Riot Going On." So I actually don't know how successful it was, but um, but it's just the whole album's brilliant, and um, and it's just the way they constructed the music. And the, the actual title is a is in response to Marvin Gaye's w- w- when he wrote "What's Going On." He, that's oh, okay. Should we remind ourselves of the track? They just love to learn and another child grows up to be somebody you just love to burn. Mom loves the both of them. You see it's in the blood. Both kids are good and mom. Blood's thicker than the mud. It's a family affair. Family affair. Family affair. Oh, no, 
and each other out. Hey, nobody wants to blow. Nobody wants to be left out. Uh huh. You can't leave 'cause your heart is there, but you you can't stay 'cause you've been somewhere else. You can't cry 'cause you look. Broke down, but you're crying anyway, 'cause you're all broke down. It's a family affair. It's a family That's Sly and the Family Stone, of course. The Family Affair. Just a moment of clarity musically where he was brilliant. And I think probably post this moment, he was too brilliant and he it collapsed in on himself because, you know, he was a, a sort of pivotal cultural diversity point where he was encompassing all types of music, all types of cultures, black and white, um, and mixing it into something that sounded so incredible. And this song is embodies all of that. And it's got a kind of wayward narrative, nonsensey lyric, but it's just something about it embodies everything brilliant about him and that era of music and sort of hippie San Francisco culture and black and white, and it's so exciting. And he's and I think he collapsed in the responsibility of being so brilliant, but he's not really acknowledged as being a Marvin or a John Coltrane or one of those utter geniuses. But there's there, at that point he probably was better than anyone else more beautiful than anyone else it was a sort of human specimen unquestionable towering oh, i obviously like him <laughs> <laughs> people from my generation or my uh you know that are into indie punk music are very anti too much music being played and notes and i just think that just is so many notes and so muso and so sophisticated and it's sort of um it's better than than everything <laughs> it's, just, it's just sort of it's complicated brilliant beautiful weird music and it came out in 71 when do you reckon you first heard it i would have listened to it as a kid because dad played it a lot I mean, I think Dad was probably into it because I don't know how long it took that music to filter over here. Well, I mean, he obviously played at, um, at Woodstock. When was Woodstock? Was that before? It was was Sixty-eight Woodstock, I think. He was on a sort of emotional decline from that point, so he probably wasn't that available, was he? Sly Stone. Yeah, I guess it has that palette of the sort of funky uh, but kind of dirty at the same time, which is kind of based around a drum machine, and, and I've always tried to steal that trick where the drummer plays over it. It's a little time, probably a very early version of a Roland drum machine. Now I'm playing the drums over the top. Uh, I didn't even know they had drum machines in 71. Yeah, okay. I think it's an early Roland drum machine. It had about four options on it. Great pick.
carpet But my mum had done me proud Looked over the kitchen sink Thought, wow, that's my house I paid the mortgage It's mine Got up A cup of coffee Went down nice to that Made me feel a bit mood kid Then I stood up straight and proud I knew I was a man Thought, mama, you'd done me proud We should probably move on to um, you coming to Oz. It's your first yeah. tour, right? Yeah. You're playing some great venues, the Forum in Melbourne and the Metro, and as part of the um, Dark Mofo stuff, it's, um, it's going to be a class experience for you for the shows, I reckon. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Someone told me, explain, tried to explain Dark Mofo, so that it was all pretty paganistic and bonkers. Yeah. I can't wait to see that yeah. one. It's middle of the year here, so which is the darkest time, so it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it is a little bit like a, a pagan festival. It's in Tasmania, so it'll be very okay. like, rural on your own little island kind of thing. In an art museum. The person I sing with, Madeline Hart, who sang with me for 15 years, is from Melbourne. Oh, well, so no she, way. Hasn't, she hasn't seen her folks since the pandemic's down, and they own a big farm or something outside, so we're going to stay on the farm. Oh, fantastic. And I've been all, all about Melbourne for 15 years, you know, because we've done it. <laughs> so I sort of feel like I know it quite well. So you've been making records for 20 years now, 20 um, odd yeah. years, I guess. And the first time you performed on stage was that at your father's wake in at the Kentish Town Forum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of forced on stage by some by his band members, I think. I mean they did warm <laughs> the day before. It was the most frightening thing I ever did. Did that give you a taste for it then? Did, have you always sort of thought you were going to go in that direction anyway? I didn't really know actually. I just sort of casually embraced it as I got older, more from running out of any other options. I just didn't know what else to do. I didn't want to paint road signs. And um <laughs> Or, you know, it's it some obviously it was in my blood to some extent, but musical heritages are traditionally very poor, and I didn't want to follow some be you know like the usual. I'd perish under the pressure of being like your parents because there's very rare and there's very rare examples of people being good, being the sons and daughters of. Also, it's it's different genres as well. I think when you jump into a different genre, that's a different thing. Yeah, you just got to protect yourself slowly and learn your own trade and your own thing. I was trying to, like, describe the genre of your stuff. Like, how, how do you describe it? I try not to because I yeah. find any effective on my you – know, I think you do uh, as opposed to listen or analyse too much because you can start to get worried if you think about what you're doing. You see yeah. what I mean? I, don't, I just hope everyone enjoys it. But I don't try and think about it too much. I did read, read one description of you as uh, Serge Gainsbourg meets Ray Winston. Just, <laughs> how, how do you take that one? That's quite interesting. Yeah, I reckon that's yeah. a big compliment. I like that one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I worry about you know the perceived idea of Serge Gainsbourg these days. He might be a bit creepy. I think he's a bit of a sex, sex pest, I suppose, isn't he? But you'll take the it's Ray Winston weird. bit. Oh, then Ray, you've got to love Ray's an institution here. I mean, you've got the voice as well. I mean, listening to you telling the stories, um, not just in the Audible book, but uh, telling your stories through your songs as well. I think you've you've been blessed with that kind of storytelling voice. How do you think you've been if you if you had sort of the voice of Hugh Grant or someone like that? You know, you're you're blessed to to be able to tell the stories the way you do. Well, I would have embraced it in a different way. I would have, <laughs> quite, you know, I would have um, packaged it all differently. 
But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think it's something yet again I've ever questioned or thought about. Mm. I'm sort of luckily unlucky that I've had a, quite a bonkers upbringing and got something to talk about. You sure do. Yeah. school at quite an early age and you spent a lot of time I'd say in adult company looked after mentors through some quite extraordinary characters through um throughout your sort of mid-teens there the main one I'm thinking of is the strangler self-hate strangler which is um, the, the some of the stories in there are, are just wild do you think those kind of memories are present in your songwriting now is that kind of is that is all of those things part of your songwriting as part of your storytelling or is that a separate thing I'm sure there are layers of experiences that you know, your interests and your understanding of human failures and all that stuff are interest you because you've sort of seen these people. I mean, I always feel blessed that we were able as children or I, as an adult were able to separate from some of the craziness or I wouldn't be able to talk about it. There's a, some sort of rock and roll families are all consuming and you, you don't leave them intact. And I think we but giving testament to how positive my parents were as, as crazy as dad was, they still made sure that we had our own choices and were free. I mean, you know, we still read books and had Sunday lunch and did normal things. There was, there was, there was an, enough, which I don't always write about in the book because sure. it, yeah. it's the crazy side, but you know, we had enough normal. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still got, I am about 72% normal now. <laughs> These are my friends. These are definitely my friends. This is the first lesson in me realizing I wasn't alive. Fuck it. You're a father yourself now, yeah? Is your son into the music as well? Is it kind of you passing on the the genes? Yeah, I mean, he's, he is, and he's also very wise. He doesn't want to become a sort of rubbish version of the Kardashians. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> spent, 
he's like, oh, uh, he doesn't care in a in a very positive way about any of it. He's like, oh, whatever, stop talking about yourselves. <laughs> and he's like, you know, we're really we just come back from surfing in Costa Rica. We're both wow, really surfing. I'm a terrible surfer, but I love it. And he's actually quite a good one. And that's the one thing that currently we're obsessed by. And the fact that we're coming to Australia, I have no idea whether we'll get the opportunity, but I really want to go surfing everywhere. But I'm not sure how long we have, we have long enough. You certainly won't be doing it in Tasmania, that's for sure. But maybe maybe you can give it a crack in Sydney. Why is Tasmania too cold? It'll be cold down there. So once you get further up north into, into New South Wales and yeah, Sydney, you'll, you'll find some good surf beaches up there for sure. Just a few other kind of interesting things that... Um, about your upbringing again really you found your creative outlet was through graffiti in um oh yeah in some of the time we we actually spoke to um lee from madness and he kind of seemed to have that when i was reading that this the stories you were telling us like, oh that sounds very similar to his upbringing where that creativity early on was found through actually going out and you weren't just taking trains you're out there making art Oh, Lee from Madness was into graffiti, was he? Yeah, was. They, they, they were graffiti artists, and then they decided to form a band. Mike Barson and Lee were out there. So I remember them as kids, really. Yeah. But they, they're about, so they would have been the very early formative stages of not so much graffiti art. It would have been something else, wouldn't it, then? So they were out doing training, yeah. and they were out getting caught doing yeah. doing bad stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but Mike Barson. In- I've known them for a long time because the Dad's linked with them, and they oh, always were, they carried Dad's coffin into the... Oh, man, wow. It, yeah, that was quite amazing. Um, Through the stiff so, connection, I guess. I, I yeah, I didn't know that they were into graffiti, yeah. I do know that people talk about Australia being the capital of graffiti these days, especially in Melbourne, Melbourne right? Yeah, big yeah. time. Is it the lanes? Is it called yeah, the lanes? Yeah, yeah, the lanes. Like the graffiti artists come over and, you know, tag them and then leave and then... Street art, we call it, not graffiti anymore. It's street art. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, I, I obviously haven't been involved in any of that for years and years and years and years. Do you know what's funny? The forum where you're playing is the yeah. graffiti lanes are about about 50 metres from there. Oh, wicked. So, so you I can, can go check it out, out after your sound check. Oh, yeah, brilliant. I'm really excited. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we can't wait to see you when you come over to Melbourne shortly in the middle of June, June the 7th in Melbourne, and uh, yeah. Dark Mofo in Hobart, and then up in Sydney as well. Thanks yeah. for chatting to us. Very appreciated. All right, All right mate. Thank see you later. Bye. Bye. Cool. Cheers. See ya. There you go. Nice one. Um, that was a fascinating chat. Um, Baxter Jury's playing the forum. And he's, got, he's playing some other dates as well and supported by Goonsacks. Hey, I've got a bit of a fact for you, Gareth. Okay. Uh, in 1971, um, the Nike swoosh was invented. Oh, yeah. You, do you know the story behind this? No, we'll go on. So it was invented by a student graphic designer and they were paid $30 for oh, it. Oh, wow. She's still alive to this day. And 10 years down the track... Um, they gave her like loads of money. They did, yeah. Re- so, retros- yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. well, that's a happy ending. So it's like a um, a myth in the design world that you know she, she got, got thirty bucks for, okay. for doing it. Ah. Yeah, so that was Swoosh. in nineteen seventy one. Very cool. Very iconic. Uh, it was the first internet chat room in nineteen seventy one. How did what? that? I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but they, the first. <laughs> nah, the- <laughs> that's not right. It can't it be. Who All was right. in it? Uh, one guy and another guy. I don't know. In 1971. Yeah. Nah, come so on. They were that's talking about. Right. I looked it up today. The first, obviously, the internet didn't exist, but yeah. it was probably just a computer where you could leave a message or something. Right. I don't know. Right. 
yeah. and the first email was sent in 1971. <laughs> oh, oh, my but there wasn't really the internet, so I don't know, I understand how you can have a chat room. Yeah, and a, I think you need to review these websites. You're going oh, to. shit, maybe it was 1990. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's over to me for a song. Yeah. You know how you played Zeppelin? Mm. I'm going to play you one that um, it's going to be very up your alley. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about it. Oh, okay. Fear number four. Song four.
Oh, that's too funny because I was going to have that as one of my also rants. Well, tell. Well, I'll tell so it is. That was Quincy Jones, and that was the Ironside theme. Theme from Ironside, yeah. The two, the cops, the uh, well, it was he. It was a drama about a um, a police inspector who was paralyzed. That's right. That's right. And and I believe um, the song we're hearing there. um, So Quincy Jones originally did it in '67. And then he, Is that right? okay. and then he redid it that version right. seventy one because it went for like you know ninety seconds. Well, it's and a, what it's an amazing dude! And as I pointed out, as yeah. you as you spotted as well, there's a Go Team sample in there. It's yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, they got replaced for when we had to remake the record um, because Quincy wouldn't give permission to use. He wouldn't it. give it. Nah. So we had to replace that one. Oh wow! He was like, "I don't need, I, I don't need any money. I don't need, uh, you so know, it's no longer on there." there yeah, right. Interesting guy, Quincy Jones, isn't he? Yeah. Well, obviously went on to produce. Yeah. Wacko. Yeah. All that jazzy stuff he'd done beforehand as well. Yeah. Discovering lots of people. So yeah, nice one. You know, we've played the faces, and we've, um, you know, we've played some British stuff, and I wanted to, I wanted to get a bit of black exploitation in mm. there. Oh, and well, the big film of the year. Shaft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I did think about playing that. Should we just have, you well, know, give us 30 seconds of that. Who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the cheeks? You're damn right. Yeah! Wow! What's the shaft is just uh, oh, it's, it's incredible, crazy. isn't it? And and I also I was I think I'll save this artist for another year because you know like when we pick a year you try and um, p- yeah. pigeon an artist in in there and I wanted to get a Curtis Mayfield song in oh, there. Yeah. Okay. And one this is an also ran for me. Um, I was gonna play Get Down. Do you know that one? Who is it? Uh, Curtis Mayfield, Get Down. The album's called Roots. Get down, baby, to the funky, funky, funky groove. Get down, baby, let the light reflect upon your natural mood. Get down, baby, your creative mood shall express itself. Get down, baby. After life and desire, there is nothing left. We're all children of the world. A hungry man in search for a hungry girl. The extreme supreme of all cannibals. The most weighty and true things of all the land. Get down! Get down! Up to also rounds for me, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, seeing as I was going to play Quincy as an also ran, I've got a few more on yeah. my list here that I could play. So, this record came out. Five horns. 
So Sesame Street had just come out, but oh, they, and Sesame they started Street releasing the records. So, yeah, there was such brilliant music on Sesame Street. There was, yep, yep. You yeah, know, stuff that, with, that, um, maybe that wasn't a bit of it. But. Well, no, yeah, everyone, everyone, <laughs> but yeah, uh, was, everyone of my great. age, who, yeah. knowing Sesame Street, would know that song straight yeah, away. Yeah, that was yeah. just, uh, just, um, but there's some great music on there. Um, there's this uh, record by this folk singer from the. Greenwich Village kind of scene from the 60s. He didn't okay. really do much recording, but it was really well-respected, and I really like this tune. amongst folky circles. I was going to say, it wasn't um, one of the puppets from Sesame Street. <laughs> was it? I don't know it was who that Karen was. Dalton. So, I've done oh, you know Karen Dalton. Yeah, so yeah, she, there was a documentary on her, how oh, she, um, you know, she, she hit hard times, didn't she? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she was hanging out with all the right people. Yeah. And yeah. had um, Brad Neal on. Into the drugs, was she? I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe then we'll have to, you can Google that, listeners. Yeah. Um, but I really like that song. It's, she only made two records that, um, so I think she missed the boat with um, when she was the big on the uh, big in the um, in the circles, but she left it a bit late. But I am going to play this one. Yep, uh, which is from a live recording. Okay, from Abbey Road. Uh, he's an African fella. Here goes. Oh, 
that is, I love him. Yeah. Felakuti. Yeah, yeah, Felicuti. yeah. Felakuti uh, Live. I said Abbey well, Road. He was, he was Nigerian, wasn't he? Yes. McCartney was a big fan of him. He was. He? He that's, why, that's why Wings went over to Nigeria yeah. and recorded those things. And that one is, the, the record, that, that record is called Live with Ginger Baker. So, so Ginger Baker, the cream drummer, the was cream drumming. drummer. He's not actually drumming on that. What's, um, it, what's he doing? Just hanging uh, around. He's, he's doing a, a couple of tracks on the B side of that record. Okay, but, it's, but they're kind of promoting it as live with Ginger Baker. That's got Tony Allen drumming on it, who is the best drummer. Uh, just oh, amazing Afrobeat drummer. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he played with Damon Albarn on, on some oh, of his stuff. Okay. He died in 2020, but he's he was just the the best Afrobeat drummer. And Fela Kuti was a, a, an interesting one because I've heard. Um, McCartney interviewed where they said, like, you know, what's the best live gig you've ever seen? And he was like, Fela Kuti, Nigeria. Mm. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I've seen some docos on him. I've got a book over there that I've not read yet. Uh, And um, he, yeah, he he lived in his own sort of compound in Nigeria, which, you know, with his many wives and his, uh, it was sort of have fights with the government all the time. I think he'd spent some time (laughs) in prison and stuff like that. So died of AIDS. Right. Um, And he was just amazing. I thought that, that whole... Yeah, m- musically, it's just like wild and incredible. And politically, you know, he's kind of he yeah, saying all okay. the right things and making noises about, um, you know, the government at the time. And uh, so he's got Ginger Baker playing with him. If you flip over the record and play the Ginger Baker stuff, compared with Tony Allen, he's, he's a joke, to be honest. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, he's desperately trying to hang out with the cool kids, I think. And then yeah, he plays okay. on it and it's just like, oh my God. just Because uh, Ginger Baker was trained as a jazz player. Yeah, like, I mean, like Charlie Watts. He, like, he's he's not he's not terrible. That's probably the wrong thing to say. About, is it about feel? Yeah, the drummer. Yeah. So before you play the last one, you got some more surrounds. I just had one, and it's it's along the same um, line as uh, what I'm going to do. I think they were big buddies, and they hang out in New York. Um, have a listen to this one. Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get home before the morning comes. What if I'm late? Got a big day, gotta get home before the sun comes up. Up and away, got a big day, sorry can't stay. I gotta run, run, yeah. Gotta get home, pick up the phone, gotta let the people know I'm gonna be late. Yeah, so last featured on our Christmas special, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You That's know, Nilsson. Is that from the album Nilsson yeah, Schmilson? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, good stuff. Yeah, yep. I like that. Now, coincidentally, this is a very good segue into my last tune. We've talked about um, Felicuti wings and mm. all that sort of stuff. The song I'm I'm going to play you is in response to a McCartney song. Okay. Right? And I might just play you a minute of the McCartney song before I play the song I'm going to oh, play. Okay. Too many people pull and push around Too many waiting for that lucky break That was your first mistake You took your lucky break And broke it in two You took oh. your first uh, lucky break and mm-hmm. broke it in two, and that's off the first McCartney solo right. album. Yeah, and you know who did a response to that? Go on, let me play it to you. It's not Heather Mills. Yeah, number six, song six. You better see right through that. 
bitch. <laughs> it's that sort of singing a song about the ex-wife that one isn't it it's, it's pretty uh, scathing cheers, isn't it man I yeah. think we all know that was John Lennon and the song was it was off the Imagine album from 1971 and it's called How Do You Sleep and it's clearly singing about McCartney he's singing about McCartney um, just to be real off a few of the lyrics to you Gareth it starts off with so Sergeant Pepper took you by surprise you better see right through that mother's eyes those freaks was right when they said you was dead. And that's oh, refer- that's referencing yeah, the, um, yeah. the barefoot oh. Abbey Road thing. And it was like they're having struggles with the managers and all mm. that sort of stuff. And um, oh, it's all money fights, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, oh. Here's another one. The only thing you done was yesterday. Oh. And since you're gone, you're just another day. And George is playing the solo. And, and just the, solo, rub- the solo is by George. Just to rub things in yeah that's just mean isn't it (laughs) it's good song (laughs) and produced by Phil Spector Phil Spector and and Yoko and Yoko Yoko (laughs) I'm sure she alright well that is us done for another 71 Uh, another show we've uh, had a great chat with Baxter Jury yep cool dude very cool and he's got some shows coming up as we said before playing um, Forum Dark Mofo yep so check out the dates on his uh, website baxterjury.tv we're going to wrap it up for today, but we've got to think about next week as well. We've got another good guest. Let's see if we can tune into his brainwaves, first of all, see what year we're going to do. 1982. 82. Oh, fantastic. We're back in the 80s again. We haven't done an 80s yeah, show for yeah, bloody yeah. ages. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And what clue can we give to who, who's on the show? Hey, I know Gareth. He was a special guest on the John Peel, This Is Your Life with Michael Aspel. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good clue. He was a, Peel was a big fan of this. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week to see who we're chatting to. See you then. Bye. Bye. I've got time for one more round and a six-pack to go. Six-pack. One six-pack to go.